I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Happy Mama Movement podcast. I'm Amy Taylor Kabaz. I would like to start by acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of this land and pay my respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. And as this podcast is dedicated to the wisdom and knowledge of motherhood, I would like to acknowledge the mothers of this land, the Elders, their wisdom, their knowing, and my own Elders and teachers. Welcome back, Mamas. Recently, at the start of 2022, I reached out to the many beautiful parents and mamas in my communities and asked them, how are you feeling at this new year? What are you struggling with? What answers are you seeking? Who can I go and speak to on your behalf? What are you most needing? And over and over again, the answers came back to me. How do we keep hope after all of this time? How do we keep the faith when it feels like this is never going to end? How do we find our resilience? How do we keep on going? And so for the coming few episodes, I'm going to bring you the people, authors and teachers that I feel can answer these questions. And the first of those is Bronnie Ware. I don't know how many times I have interviewed Bronnie over the years. She is one of the most grounded yet beautifully inspiring voices I know. She has been through so much in her life and has shared many of it in her books, most notably The Top 5 Regrets of the Dying, which is an international bestseller. I also really loved her book, Bloom, and it was one of the main reasons I wanted to reach out to her and hear how she's been doing over the last two years and how she is holding on to hope. And in this conversation, what I discovered was that all of this is really lessons in surrender. I know Bronnie's words will heal and inspire like they always do for me. I hope you can find some peace in this conversation. Enjoy. Bronnie, thank you as always for saying yes and stepping into this space with me. It's so lovely to connect with you again. It's beautiful to be here, Amy. I I have so much respect for your work and I love any excuse to catch up with you, to be honest. (laughs) Can I tell you a little story? um, I've been struggling the last few weeks of what to say to this beautiful community that listen to this podcast and follow my work. I've been really feeling like something needs to be said, but I don't know what it is. And that's not a space I'm very comfortable with, I have to say. 
<laughs> I usually like to know where I'm going and what I want to say about it. And so I was talking to the important people in my life and, and sharing this worry. And my mum actually said to me, why don't you reach out to Bronnie Ware, Amy? Because I remember in Bloom where the whole book was her saying, this is what I'm working towards. This is what I'm manifesting. This is what I want for my life. And you assume that it's going to come. All the way through the book, you think, yes, yes, it's going to come. It's going to come. And in the end, it's still an open end. It's still not there. And she finds a way to be okay with the timing, okay with what's happened, okay with still not being 100% in her body, still having all these questions. And my mum said, I want to hear what Bronnie has to say right now. So that is why I reached out to you. <laughs> Hello, Amy's mum. <laughs> We talk about you all the time and you know that that book, I know the whole world fell in love with The Five Regrets of the Dying, but Bloom changed my life. I love that book. If anyone hasn't read it, please grab it, especially now. So let's begin by asking, how are you? How have you been over the past two years? Um, well, you know, COVID's a bit of a mess, isn't it? That's, that's mm -hmm. thr thrown a spanner in the works for us all. Uh, physically, I was doing really, really well, uh, and then I wasn't. And in this year, I I went downhill really badly with rheumatoid arthritis, and so it it's never been in remission. But I've been well enough to ride my bike and swim right through winter, and you know, function function well. And uh, and so always been grateful. For that because when you've been in a place where you can't even wipe your own backside you you learn to be grateful for any any freedoms that, that you're given but a few months ago it just came back terribly and i ended up spending a couple of months pretty much just stuck in my chair and i got ended up getting a lift chair to help me stand and and everything and my daughter was drying me from the shower she was putting me to bed she's only nine so it weighed very heavily on her, which of course ignited my mama guilt severely and had to really work through that a lot. And, but one of the things I always find when we're, we're pretty much, you know, when the, the carpet's pulled out from underneath us and we, we're at a time in our life where we really have absolutely no control, for me, I find the most peaceful way through it is to accept that and to understand that okay we all like control and we all like routines and routines certainly support us as mums and they support our children as well and that's coming from someone who always had a strong aversion to routines mm -hmm. but when you the world as you know it totally collapses there's there's only one thing to do and that is to surrender with trust and to understand that okay in the big picture there's something better going on here than how it appears and when I I'm able to do that and often any of us can only surrender when we've tried every other option and tried every um, grasp at control that we can and then we reach this point and so for me because I've been through this before not just with with disease but with lessons in surrender I don't have as much resistance to it anymore I just think oh okay 
okay, well, I didn't see this coming. So, but okay, what's the best way through this? And the best way through it, of course, is to trust in it. And so I did, and I just let go of as much work as I could. I was really just doing maintenance and because my head was too heavy for my neck and there were some days my hands weren't strong enough to even open the lid on my laptop. Um, you know, so that's pretty much saying just rest. And so I just rested and read books and hung out with the dog and there's nothing else I could do, but just be. And through that, I, I came to some really good decisions with my work and let go of some things that I'd wanted to let go of for ages, but logic had told me not to, even though my heart wanted to let go of certain aspects of my work. So I'm actually in a, a really positive place now because I'm on new meds. And as you'd know from reading Bloom and just from knowing me anyway, Amy, I did get really blinded by the wellness industry when I was first diagnosed with, with RA. I was very determined to, to heal it naturally. And, uh, you know, I, I just ask any listeners, please don't send me links to to all the things that you think will fix me because I've done it all. And yes. sometimes the disease is the healing. And so I'm on new meds now and I've got my mobility back, which means I've got my confidence back. I've got my life back. I'm able to, to function again and reach out to friends and go out and not just sit there waiting in a chair on my own, waiting for my daughter or my, my carer to walk in the door and help me get to the toilet. So um, I'm doing great because I, I have a different appreciation for, for freedom and life that a lot of people don't. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I'm, and I've got the dog, you know, I'm, at the moment I've got my feet up and, and a dog, my little doggy lying right beside me. And so, um, yeah, and, I, and I'm visiting my mum. I've, I've just had a week to myself. My mum took my daughter for a week. And so I'm just really overwhelmed in gratitude right now. Yeah. Oh, you make me cry every time we speak and <laughs> it, it's like, you know, no one's on a pedestal. There are no gurus, but I do feel like at times when I am completely uncertain and struggling with control, I feel like I want to sit at your feet and say, Bronnie, remind me again how to do this because I hear what you say so clearly that this is about surrender and trust. And I too have felt like I've come back to that lesson so many times over the last 18 months and yet I fight it. So, you know, I, I, I think I've surrendered. I think I trust. And then it's like the universe goes, no, no, Amy, you're still hanging on. Surrender more, surrender more, surrender more. Are there times in that process of what you've just been through again, where you are fighting it, saying, I thought I've already done this. I thought I already surrendered. And what do you do in that? Um, well, I get the shits with it. Absolutely. I get the shits. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all like, oh, okay, God, I trust this. It's like, oh, I've had a friggin' enough of this. I've, I've done it. You know, there are moments I feel sorry for myself and I say, oh, I've done everything right. I've done everything you've told me. I've been brave. I've done this. I've done that. So I go through those stages. Absolutely. But then when you sort of don't have a choice, like an obvious choice in front of you, 
it's either carry on like that or find your peace with it. And so one of the things I find my peace with is the fact that I, I am really committed to presence. And that is one of the blessings from looking after dying people for all those years that I don't want to miss my life. Even if my life is feeling crappy at the time, I don't want to spend my life wishing for, for the future and miss what today is. And even though it's really uncomfortable and it can be painful physically, emotionally, mentally, all of it, it's also, I, I never lose trust. Well, hardly ever. I mean, if I do, I find it again quite soon, but yeah, there's, there's moments it breaks me, but generally I can always find trust in the lesson and think, okay, I've been through a lot of bad stuff and shocking hard trauma and only good has come from it and so when I'm stuck in that chair I think okay besides the pain besides the lack of mobility and freedom there I'm actually doing a lot more of what I wanted to do here I wanted to spend less time at work I wanted to read more big thick books I wanted to just chill out and not feel guilty taking time off and so what I find is these moments actually get, are trying to give us what we're asking for um, or until it becomes a habit and then we can have all the good back as well and so once I'd got to that point where I thought okay I am going to make these decisions around my work no matter how it looks or how scared I am and one of the decisions I made was to close both my online courses because I just felt like tech was too noisy in my world and I wanted to be offline more. So I'm basically forfeiting a significant income to do that with, with no idea um, other than wanting creativity to pull me forward to replace it. So, you know, I, life was giving me a taste of that. And then once I made that decision, like, okay, I'm going to let go, that's when I started getting better again. Like I'm going to let go of the courses and I started getting better again. So I don't know, Amy. I mean, I do get sick of it sometimes and think, okay, surely I've got this sorted now, you know, <laughs> but surrender is layers and layers and the whole planet's on a lesson of surrender at the moment and letting go of control. And if we can trust in the big picture, I know, I know it all sounds, you know, very philosophical and, and spiritual and, and it is, um, but it's it, it's actually the way you find peace through it. It is. And as I'm listening to you, I have this sort of body memory of, I don't know if everyone listening has ever experienced this, where you have this, almost this tantrum where you're kicking and screaming, I don't want this, why is it like this? And it's like you release all of this control and resistance. And when that's done, you're finally exhausted. You're finally able to rest. It's like that deep, deep sleep that comes after a big cry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you've given up the fight. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how much surrender. energy goes into the fight. That's right. And I wonder when we talk about surrender, surrender includes that fight first. I'm just thinking about this out loud as I'm listening to you, because I have always, and a bit like you with the spiritual world and the self-help world, you know, for many, many years thought that for me to be, um, happy, 
there couldn't be any darkness. There couldn't be any anger or resistance or doubt or fear or control. You know, it was an affirmation will fix this. I'll just start saying I love my life, even though on a day-to-day -day basis, I didn't. There was, a, there was almost another part of it that I was missing. So I wonder when we talk about surrender, surrender is not just saying, okay, I trust this. Perhaps there's also a fight first and then you finally surrender. Like maybe what we're doing at the moment is part of it. What do you think? Yeah, I think you've, you've articulated that beautifully and, and you're right. There, of course there's a fight because we're scared and we're losing control and we just had it all under control and exactly how we liked it. And now life's saying, no, time to grow some more. And so of course, so going to, yeah, we're going to grasp at what we had, what we just got sorted. And, and so I think surrender does come after that, that initial fight. And, and I think it's natural to, to want to hold on to that. And because with control can come some ease and it, we find life's easier. Um, that's where the happiness is. I mean, happiness isn't in the, in the unknown until you, you really cracked open. And then you, you say, oh, okay, I've, I'm letting go of my, myself here and I'm just going to let life lead me and then happiness can return, but it's from a, a very, uh, open hearted spiritual perspective rather than a, than a human perspective. Mm, I love that. Happiness is in the known. Yeah. And that's why it feels scary to let go because we don't know what we're going to feel in the unknown. But as you said, the whole world's doing this at the moment. This is not, we keep talking about returning to normal. And it reminds me, Bronnie, of the, of the process after motherhood, where we kind of wait for us to return back to who we used to be. Like when the baby starts sleeping or when they start school or when I can go back to work, will be, I'll feel like myself again. And the, and the healing and the freedom comes when you realize no, I'm never going to be that person again. And I feel like we need to accept that right now with this global pandemic. It's going, it's changed us. We're never going to go back to normal as in who we used to be. But within that, there's great opportunities for us to be better, more compassionate, more aware than ever before. Well, that's right. And I've just got to say, Amy, your work on mantrescence has, has helped me enormously. My my own birth story, I don't think I've ever really gone into it much with you, but, but it was, I had so much grief around it and, um, yeah. And, and your work has, has helped me enormously. So thank you. Oh, wow. thank, yeah. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, we won't go back to, to, to the old normal because the old normal wasn't sustainable for any of us. It wasn't sustainable for the planet, but it also wasn't sustainable for us on individual levels. We're all just trying too hard. It doesn't have to be that hard. And through this, we're learning to slow down and we're learning to prioritize our space and our well-being. And we're all getting a taste of more home life and a simpler life. And even though there is a certain mentality like go, 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 and you can do all this and you can be all that. Yeah, you can do all that, but at what price? And so you know, through these last two years, we're all being forced to slow down and get a taste of that. And a lot of us are realizing actually 
I do want that, but, you know, I might be too scared to let go of certain things that will permit me that. And so I think that the reason that it's not all over yet globally is because we haven't learned or we've got to learn individually and as a species yet where we're learning and there's, there's absolutely a positive shift of kindness and compassion happening, but I, I don't think it's tilted quite enough yet. And when I think about it from that perspective, I just stay really present and trusting and think, okay. And one of the, one of the good things about being committed to presence is it's, it's not a resignation. It's not like, oh, okay, I'm going to stop dreaming. It's like, I'm going to keep dreaming because I'm human and it's natural to want to expand and to dream, but I'm also just going to be present and understand that this, what's happening now is part of my journey and is just as significant as me getting that dream realized. So can I explore that a little with you? When you say committed to presence, what does that look like? What, what does that actually look like in the moment? Okay. Well, it's freedom. It's, it's mm-hmm. free. It's freedom because you know, you've, you're human, you know, you've got your dreams, but you trust in the timing of it all because you understand you, you're growing into your readiness. And so it's not the right time yet, even though you can think you're ready. Um, you just trust in, in the timing. And so instead of just like you you do what you can towards your dream but instead of everything being focused on that dream you just come back and give yourself permission to just be in the moment and being in the moment is actually really easy life is easy when you're in the moment because when you're in that moment you're not thinking worried about your future how you're going to navigate something how you're going to make something happen you're not caught up in trauma from the past or you know angry or unforgiving with anyone you you're not you know regretful about things you've done you're just in that moment and in that moment if you breathe into that moment no matter what is going on if you can breathe into it even if your kids are going off their heads or you're overwhelmed or you know, the dog's sitting at your feet and you can't even go to the toilet without the dog looking at you for attention as well. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. You know, which is a true story. Um, <laughs> but when you breathe into presence, you're reconnecting with yourself or with your wisdom and you can stop and see all the chaos. But you see beyond that and you see the beauty in your children's hearts and that their storm isn't really about them going outside the lines and colouring in. Their story is about overwhelm and just needing a hug from their mum and needing presence from their mum. And, or it might be that you just need to let go of the pressure you've got on yourself, nothing about motherhood or about work or about whatever. So for me, being committed to presence means just letting go and breathing in the moment and looking around me in that moment. And when I do that, with the first thing that always comes up is gratitude and I think okay look how far I've come I own this sweet little house I became a mum at 45 I have a beautiful daughter you know there's always something as soon as I can breathe into presence there's gratitude and it might just be look at the blue sky today or aren't I blessed to be a single mum and be able to afford my mortgage easily and um, live in a simple, sweet little house when there's 
families of 20 that would live in the same size house as, as us, you know, um, and our house is little. I just um, find breathing into presence, like returning to presence is really just being mindful of your breath and the power of that and just um, re- returning to your breath. And that's really, that that's where um, where wisdom comes in, I guess, because we all know it, but it's actually having the mindfulness to return to it repeatedly and meditation teaches you that, having a strong meditation practice. Yes, it reminds me of that. When I remember to do that, it's this thought of in this moment, I'm okay. Yes. In this moment, I'm okay. I'm, I'm still breathing. I'm still here. I can take another breath. You know, instead of that mind that worries, but what about this? And what if the pandemic locks us all down again? And what if this person doesn't sign up for that? And what if, what if, what if, what if? Breath. In this moment, I'm okay. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Can I ask you, um, if I may, how you process or processed the mother guilt that you mentioned earlier around recognizing what your daughter is experiencing through your own disease? Um, I ask because in all ways, every mama, every parent that's listening to this has at some stage experienced this feeling of, oh, this is a lot for them and I wish I could protect them. Whether it's because you're ill or because you're struggling or you're going through something and they see it and feel it, how have you processed that? Well, I like the saying that they take the baby out and put the guilt in. I heard that once and I thought, <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, let's <laughs> just normalise that. That's a good start. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, I just stop and realise that I'm doing the best I can and I would love to be a better mum all the time, but everyone would. And I look back at how my mum was and I thought she was a great mum, but, I, you know, when I look back now, I realise she was actually way too busy to meet most of my needs. She had four kids in five years and a husband who didn't really help much, um, a raging alcoholic husband. And so I, I sort of just think, well, we do the best we can as who we are at that time. And my daughter came in the door the other day and we have really amazing communication. It's just the two of us. It wasn't planned that way, but I ended up becoming a single mom from halfway through the pregnancy. But it applies to whether you've got a partner or not. We all, like you've just said, we all have moments where we see we're not meeting their needs enough. But I say to Eleanor all the time, sweetie, I'm not perfect. And when you grow up, you'll see, you'll realize that we're all, that all adults are just still finding their way as well. And we're all doing the best we can as who we are in that moment. And and I hear her repeating it back to me sometimes. It's okay, mom, we all make mistakes. It's human to make mistakes. It's how we learn. It's how we grow. And it's like, oh, good. Okay. She's taking some of this in. But, um, but she came in the door the other day and she said, I hurt myself on my scooter. And I was just finishing off something. She, we live in a gated community and she'd been with neighbors and playing with, with some neighbors on the, going around the loop. And and I just said, well, of course you did, darling. You know, we do as kids on scooters. We, we hurt ourselves all the time. But I was just finishing off something for work. And then I finished it off. 
and she seemed a bit funny and I said, look, go have a shower and let's sit down and, you know, watch a show together just for some cuddle time or whatever. And we did that. It was lovely. And it wasn't until the next day in the car, we were on a trip and she said to me, you know, mum, I was really angry at you yesterday. And I said, why, honey, what happened? And she said, well, when I came in the door and I said that about the scooter, I really needed you at that moment and you weren't there for me. And gosh, you know, when I was nine, I would never have even recognised that, you know, (laughs) and you weren't there for me, mum. And and it felt really bad. And It's like you didn't even care. It went on and on and on. And I just said, oh, darling, I'm so sorry. I missed that. I, I really missed it. I said, but sometimes now you're at an age, you know, she's almost 10. And I said, you're at an age where I have to ask you for a kiss hello when you walk in the door sometimes now, or I don't even ask you. I just let you come in the door because you're getting a bit too cool or a bit independent now where your friends are your bigger priority and you're not always that interested in me and our relationship. And I said, and I'm excited for you about that because it's part of growing up and becoming independent. But sometimes I hold myself back and I don't want to smother you because I want to give you that freedom to be independent. And I forgot in that moment that you're still my little girl as well. And I'm really sorry. And I stuffed up, but thank you for telling me. And I'm I'm really, really sorry. And she was cool then because she'd she'd been heard. But there are times, Amy, when it's not that obvious and that clear. And all I do is I say, Ronnie, you did the best you could on that day as who you were in that moment, because we are, we're all doing our best and we really need to give ourselves permission to be human and to understand that we are never going to meet every one of our kids' needs. Like whatever, we're going to do our best and we're still going to let our children down in some way because we're human and that's part of their journey as well as ours. And isn't that so different than previous generations, Bronnie, where, uh, you know, you were never upset in front of your kids. You would never argue in front of your kids. You definitely would never admit that you did anything wrong. You know, the kids were wrong and the parents were right. It was this real um, hierarchy. And I think what we all should be so incredibly proud of is the way that we're doing that differently with our children in this generation. We're showing our flaws. We're showing our struggles. We're saying, look, yeah, I stuffed that up yesterday and I'm really sorry. I'll try my best again tomorrow. Because hopefully then, when these amazing human beings become adults, they won't be stuck in this story of, I have to try so hard, I can't stop, I have to please everybody. You know, I'm hoping that our vulnerability in parenting right now is going to allow them to grow up and be more vulnerable and honest and amazingly emotionally mature like your daughter is. Um, I think that that's what we're doing here. I think you're right. And It's a bit of a dance, you know, and it's a fine balance because you want them to understand that being vulnerable is that there's, you know, it's, it's not only acceptable, but it's, it's right. And it's powerful to, to be able to express your feelings. But at the same time, you don't want them to become the adult in the sense that you don't want to rip them off from their childhood and, and give them too much exposure to life that they have to grow up faster than than necessary it's it it is a bit of a fine fine balance and I just try and look at it as a dance and I think okay sometimes I get the steps wrong and sometimes I get them really right so yeah it's way to put it yeah and and it's powerful for this generation these kids coming through are 
so much wiser and more evolved than we ever were in or I think in my observation and so we're, we're giving them the tools to be able to to just show up as themselves and yeah it's, it's a really exciting time for them to grow up in in a lot of ways and and it's an honor for us to have done the work on ourselves to actually show up and, and to be able to put the work we've done into practice because you know, we can actually see the benefits of the work we're putting in. I love that. It's like you said earlier, the disease is the healing. It's like the parenting is the healing. We get to practice this in these times, you know, maybe COVID is the healing, the parenting, the struggles, the disease, whatever it is that you are facing today, that's making you feel heavy and stuck. And maybe you're still in the fight before the surrender. You know, can we see that this is where we get to practice? This is where we get to put into place all the things that we've been reading about or wanting to know, or as you said, the lessons I most needed, the things I really needed to let go of have shown up in this moment. Yeah, we won't get a much better learning role than being parents. <laughs> no, that's it. Oh, and duly. In a way, I'm like, I think I got it, universe. Like, I, I think I've got it. 14 years of parenting. I get it. Please don't send me any more challenges, but that's just not the way it works. It's not the way it works. And then there'll be <laughs> challenges when, you know, when your oldest, when she's, you know, 30, she'll be giving you a hard time about something and then being your best friend about something. It, it doesn't, it's not going to stop for us, I don't think. It doesn't end. No, but there is the gift of it all. Bronnie, yeah. as always, oh, it's just so amazing to catch up with you. Thank you. I um, am so inspired, doesn't feel like the right word. Reminded, I think is a better word. I am so reminded of things when I listen to you, of what the lessons are. And it's this sense of, oh yeah, that's right. That's what this is about. And I'm sure all the listeners will feel the same hearing you today. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Amy. It's, it's all, always a pleasure. I might just add one last thing that's really helped me through this COVID time is yes. there's, there's a song that's written by Lucas Nelson, but um, a, a beautiful Aussie mum and songstress Melanie Horsnell has also covered it and it's called Turn Off the News and Build a Garden. Well, I think it's just called Turn Off the News, but um, it also says Build a Garden and it's it's about being present with your kids and not getting so caught up in, in all the news. And I've just found um, that song has become a bit of a mantra for me and made me take the news app off my phone and, and things like that um, and only check the news when I'm online a couple of times a day. I just feel like it's a song, even though it was written by, I guess he's a dad because he mentions the children, Melanie Horsnell's version of it, you know, she's a mum and um, lives down, I think, on the south coast of New South Wales. And she's um, she just does a very, his version is beautiful too. There's a rock version and an acoustic version, but she does a beautiful acoustic version of it. And I, I feel like it could almost become a mantra for us conscious mummers while we're getting through this time. It, it has certainly helped me, that, that song. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you. I love having practical things. You know, we can all jump off our podcast app at the moment now and try and find that song and use that as a chance to really be present. Thank you so much. I'm going to Google it right now. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you, Amy. Thanks, Bronnie.
Bronnie has a way of soothing my soul whenever I speak to her. I hope you felt the same. She has such a divine understanding after being through so much. And I think that work she did with the dying for so many years as a palliative care nurse has really continued to remind her and therefore all of us what life is really about. It's about this moment, this moment, in this moment, I'm okay. You can find all of Bronnie's work as well as the song that she referred to at the end of the interview in the show notes. Please share this interview, this podcast with all of the people in your life right now who might need a reminder. Remember, we really are okay. We will be okay to surrender and remember in this moment, I'm okay. Thank you for being a part of this conversation, Mama. We change the way mothers are valued and seen in our society and our world by bringing these conversations to light and spreading the whispers of matrescence. And so I ask you to be a part of this movement now. Speak to others around you about matrescence, about your experience of motherhood. Let's bring it to light together. To find out more about matrescence, go to amytaylorkabaz.com forward slash matrescence and receive your free ebook, The Matrescence Map, so you can understand it even deeper. Thank you for being a part of this. Until next week, Satnav. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.